Good evening, my friends, and a welcome to a brand new episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. This is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, and tonight's episode is entitled, I Hear Voices. And once you hear the selections for tonight, you'll understand why. So without further ado, this is Terror Radio. The two radio shows featured tonight are two of my favorites, but of course I say that every week, The Weird Circle and Lights Out. Our first radio play is an adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's The Tell Tale Heart, which is one of his most popular short stories, and has had numerous radio adaptations. In fact, when doing research, I discovered a long list of radio series this show was featured on, ranging from Tales from the Shadow, the CBC Mystery Theater, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, Columbia Workshop, the Hall of Fantasy, Inner Sanctum, Mystery in the Air, Nightfall, and the list goes on. In fact, the adaptation we're going to hear tonight, which was first broadcasted on January 30th, 1944, on the Weird Circle series, was rebroadcasted on April 25th, 1952, for the NBC short story radio series so you know the drill sit back turn down the lights and listen to tell tale heart We are met to call from out of the past stories, strange and weird. Bellkeeper, toll the bell so that all may know we are gathered again in the Weird Circle. Eight o'clock in the evening. 
house is quiet. Deathly quiet. My uncle and I have just finished our meager repast in the dining room. Listen. Yes, that's my uncle walking up and down overhead, pacing the floor. He senses it, too, my nervousness. Every night after dinner, he leaves the dining room and goes upstairs to the second floor, where he paces up and down. And suddenly, his heart begins to beat louder and louder. You can't hear it, but I can. My nervousness has sharpened my senses. Yes, I can hear things no one else can hear. Confound my senses. The footsteps. They've stopped. Now he'll walk down the circular stairway and join me here in the parlor. And I'll have to look at him. Watch him. That eye. I, I've nothing against him. But his eye. That huge... Distorted eye. If the eye offends thee, pluck it out. Pluck it out. Tortures me at night. I lie in bed and shut my eyes. But that horrible thing peers at me, embedded in my senses. That eye glistens and shimmers. It haunts me. Kill. Yeah. Kill. I have nothing against him. My uncle... My only relative. The eye. Pluck out the eye. The eye. The eye. He's coming, yes, now down the stairs. Sniffing as he blinks. The swollen lid covers that eye. Uncle. Is that you? Is it me? Of course it is. Who else would it be, Charles? I... I don't know. Ah, now for a nice hour of relaxation. Will you join me in a cigar, Charles? Here, take this one of mine. Thank you, Uncle. Sit down here. I prefer sitting back here, Uncle. Oh, nonsense. I can't see you over there, and you can't see me. Come. Come sit over here. I'd much prefer to stay here. Do you dislike my company after all these years, Charles? No, Uncle. All right, I'll join you. But why are you staring at me like that? The eye. Look at the eye. Staring at you. Red and swollen hideous. A pale blue film covers it. Kill. Kill. Charles. Yes, Uncle. Come, light up your cigar. Here's a light. Now, that's better, my boy. These cigars have rich, fragrant aroma. A very rich, fragrant aroma. It lulls a man's nerves into a peaceful state. And leaves the mind free for contemplation, doesn't it? Kill. Yes, Uncle. Kill. Nothing like the hours spent meditatively. Oh, blasted visitors. You answer the bell, Charles. Yes, Uncle. I dislike being interrupted like this. It's bad for my digestion. People should know that. Good evening, Mr. Holscombe. Well, good evening, Charles. I hope you and your uncle don't mind a nice neighborly visit. I'm sure we don't, Mr. Holscombe. I'm glad. 
I was all alone this evening and felt the need of a nice, friendly chat, so I dropped over. Uh, good evening, Mr. Woodward. Good evening, Mr. Halscombe. How are you this evening? Feeling surprisingly fit. man of my age has no right feeling so healthy. Bad for the doctor's income, but I feel like a man of 20. Just as fit physically and mentally as Charles here. Thank you, Mr. Holcomb. Uh, uh, you, uh, uh, well, won't you join us for a little while, Mr. Holcomb? You'd love to. Yes, indeed, I'd enjoy it. Can't be for long. I, I'm retiring early, but a short visit would be appreciated. Thank you, Mr. Woodward. Uh, mind if I light up my pipe? No, not at all, Mr. Holcomb. Uh, Charles... Get him an ashtray before he scatters the ashes all over the carpet, you know. Yes, Uncle. Here you are, Mr. Holscombe. Thank you, Charles. Well, 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 what's this? Well, as any idiot can plainly see, it's a knife. Yes, a knife, Mr. Woodward. It's a strange-looking knife. Yeah, belong to our ancestors. Hmm. Charles, what's it doing down here off the hook on the wall? I, uh... I took it down from the wall to clean it, Uncle. Clean it? Well, old knives are supposed to look old. Clean it. Clean it? Uh, I'll put it back. Now, be careful, Charles, my boy. I knew of a young man exactly your age who took a family heirloom down from the wall one night and, and well, blasted if it didn't slip and cut off his right arm. <laughs> yes, took the arm clean off right to the elbow. He was a mechanic by profession and it... Well, it ruined his career. Be careful, be careful, Charles, in putting the knife back. You'd better stand on a chair, Charles. It's it's much wiser to take an ounce of prevention. Yes, your uncle's right. How's that, Uncle? Well, it's 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 not hanging straight. I like things to hang straight. It annoys me to have something crooked on the wall. Yes, it means a death in the family. <laughs> One of the pictures in my house was crooked on the wall the night of my wife's death. Now, I'm not a superstitious man, mind you, but I... There, yeah, that does it, Charles. All right. Now, put the chair back where you got it. Now, I'm not a superstitious man, mind you, but I was confounded when she died. Confounded, I tell you. Yes, I imagine that you were confounded. Uh, of course, that coincidence really doesn't compare with an event which occurred to a friend of mine... His name was, um, very common name, what was it? Uh, Smith, Peter Smith. Now, what about Peter Smith? He had a picture on the wall in his home. Well, this picture sidled over on its wire, refusing to stay upright. The picture refused? I swear it's true, Mr. Woodward. Well, I was there, if you don't believe me. Do you know what happened? No, I do not know what happened. Peter Smith died that very night. All right. What time is it, Charles? Almost nine o'clock, Uncle. Three more hours. Three more hours. If thine eye offends thee, pluck it out. It's nine o'clock. It's almost my bedtime, Mr. Holskill. Oh, don't mind me, Mr. Woodward. I was about to leave anyway. <laughs> I see. Look at the knife hanging on the wall. It slipped sideways again. So it has. Anxious. Anxious, Charles. The knife. Is Reminds me of Peter Smith's picture. Hmm. Well, I, I must be on my way. Uh, don't bother to see me to the door, Charles. I'll find my way out. Uh, good evening, Mr. Woodward. Uh, good evening, Mr. Holscomb. Confounded. That, that man makes me nervous, Charles, with his stupid stories of Smith. Fix that knife, Charles. Of course, Uncle. I, I'll fix it right away. I'm 
tired. I'll go on up to bed now. I'll help you up the stairs, Uncle. Help me? <laughs> Since when do I need help? Well, maybe I do, Dad. Anything else you want of me besides opening this window, Uncle? No, nothing, Charles. I'd better take this chair out of your way. Oh, the chair isn't in my way. In case you should awake during the night and want to get out of bed. You don't want to stumble over chairs on your way to the door. Well, I, I never awake during the night, Charles. But you might. Or we might. Yes, we might. We might creep in here. I might, yes, I might. Oh, I might do anything, my boy. I also might not. Now, take the candle with you before you leave, Charles. Of course, Uncle. I hadn't intended to leave it burning. Of course. We'll take it with us. Of course. Of course. Good night. Good night. 9.30. 9.30. I must be clever. I must think everything out very carefully. Yes, carefully. Must wait till midnight. Yes, till midnight. Why must I wait till midnight? Why? That's the plan. The clever plan. Clever, clever. Walk down the stairs and wait in the parlor. The room will be dark. And I'll wait. I'll wait. You'll be asleep by midnight. Clever, clever. Then at midnight, I'll creep up the stairs with a knife. And if the eye offends me, pluck it out. It must have meant me. Of course, it's all so clear. Clear, clear and clever. First thing to do is get the knife. Go into the parlor. Stand on the chair and get the knife. Be careful, Charles. Careful, careful, careful with the chair. You pull up the chair and stand on it, but be careful. I'm always careful. Now I have the knife. What do I do next? What is the plan? Sit and wait. Sit and wait. <laughs> the doorbell. Who could it be at this hour? This isn't part of my plan. No, not part of my plan. Get rid of them, whoever they are. Get rid of them. Oh, Mr. Holscombe. Sorry to disturb you, Charles, but I left my pipe here. I looked all over my house for the blasted thing before I remembered I'd left it here. Well, it, it must be in the parlor. Don't bother yourself. I'll get it. It's no bother. Why, you're trembling, Charlie. Did I frighten you when I rang the bell? Well, I... I wasn't expecting you. No, not expecting you. Expecting you. I read of a man in the paper who died of fright when his doorbell rang. Well, just the other day I read it. Very amusing article, too. It was... Oh, here's the pipe. Imagine my leaving it behind. Yes, imagine it. Thanks again, Charlie. What's this knife doing down here again? Uh, it slipped. Slipped again, did it? Well, well, well. Just like the picture at Peter Smith's. If let me know if anything happened. Of course. Of course. Of course. Good night, Charles. Good night, Mr. Holscombe. Now, the plan. The plan to wait. Wait. Wait for midnight. For midnight. Yes, for midnight.
life had been moved. Does he know it's in your hand now, Charles? Snugly in your hand. The plan calls for the knife to be in my hand. Charles, your palms are moist. Maybe the knife will slip, Charles. It's almost midnight. Yes, Charles. Fifteen seconds. Maybe the knife will slip, Charles. It can't slip. It belongs in my hand. Where is the lantern, Charles? You've got to see, you know. I have it. It's ready. Listen, Charles. Listen. Midnight. Twelve midnight. The time has come. Yes, the time has come. Now for the lantern. Light it. Light it. Shut the door of the lantern. No light can escape. None. None. The lantern in one hand. The knife in the other. The knife. The knife. Listen. The house is so quiet. Yes, deathly quiet. I must walk quietly. Listen. Listen. My senses sharpen. Every second makes them sharper. I can hear the rhythmic beating of the old man's heart. The beating of his heart. Beating out his last breath. His last breath. His last breath. Do you know... Death is outside your door, Uncle. Death is waiting, Uncle, waiting. The door of your room opens gently, Uncle. Very gently, Uncle. Careful, the plant. Careful, careful. Listen. Listen. The heart. The beating of the old man's heart. Who's there? Stand still, Charles. Stand still and wait. Just wait. Wait until his gleaming eye is focused on your face. Who's in my room? Who is it? Where's my candle? Don't answer, Charles. Don't answer. Just wait. Wait. Charles! Charles! He's calling for you. Little does he know. Charles! Calling for you. Calling for you. Oh, oh, someone's in my room. I can see the shadow across my bed. Who who is it? Let him guess and worry, worry. Worry. The room is hot, hot in heaven's name. Answer me. Don't move a muscle. Just stand still and wait. Wait, wait. Oh, what is it? Who is it? Where is Charles? (laughs) Listen to his heart. His heart. Listen to his heart. Now it's panic. Later, it will be the forewarning of death. Oh, somebody help me. Now raise the lantern. Slowly, Charles. That's it. That's it. Focus it where the eyes should be. Then slowly open the door of the lantern and let the light shine in that eye. Oh! It's the eye of Fancy. Pluck it out. The eye. No, no, not the knife, not the knife. Listen to the heart beat its last beat. He's dead. 
gray of the eye. Of the scorpion eye. The horrible scorpion eye. Clever, clever, Charles. Burying the body where no one will ever suspect it to be. Clever, clever. Yes, I am clever. Underneath the floor of the parlor. Underneath the floor in the parlor. Yes, right here beneath me. I must be careful, very careful. You are careful. Hammer the nails in straight. The nails are important. Very important. One more nail and then my job is done. One, two. Now, now what? Oh, yes. Pull the big upholstered chair over the grave. There. And then, place the carpet just as it was in front of it. Clever, clever. Yes, I am clever. <laughs> Very clever. The plan has worked. He's dead. He's dead. And no one knows. No one knows? I've cleaned up his bedroom, scrubbed it, put his clothes away. Not even a bloodstain remains to give me away. Not one? Not one. No trace. No trace at all. You're positive. Of course I'm positive. Clever, clever child. Of course I'm clever. Today I'll tell the neighbors my uncle left for the country. Will they believe you? Of course they'll believe me. Believe you? Believe you? And tomorrow, early tomorrow morning, I'll say I'm leaving to join my uncle in the country. It's so easy. I'll disappear. Disappear completely from the world. Forever from that eye. That huge, distorted eye. So I dropped over to this precinct station, Inspector Gelby, and thought I'd tell you about it. Yeah, it's a very strange story, Mr. Holscomb. You say this old man, Mr. Woodward, has never left town for the baths before? Not for the last 20 years, sir. I've been their neighbor for longer than that, really. Mm. And the nephew, Charles Woodward. Uh, how did he seem this morning? Very much the same as usual. Perhaps a trifle more chipper. Said he was looking forward to joining his uncle at the baths tomorrow. And you're positive this scream you heard last night came from the direction of the Woodward house? Absolutely. I was standing at my window at the time, looking out. It must have been a little past midnight. Suddenly I saw a gleam of light from Mr. Woodward's bedroom and then the scream. Scream last long? No, but I'm positive no unimportant explanation is behind the scream. It sounds fishy enough, Mr. Holscomb. Certainly no harm in investigating it. The boy is innocent. He'll be glad enough to allow us to search his uncle's bedroom. If he's guilty, well, we'll know in good time. Yes, in very good time. Mind if I go with you? Not at all, not at all. I'd like to have you along, Holscomb. You're always welcome. This isn't a case of idle curiosity, Inspector. It's just that I enjoy collecting these little tales of death and murder. I've made it a life hobby, and I hate to miss an opportunity. Yes, I hate to miss an opportunity. Search the house, Inspector, if you don't believe me. My uncle's room is right at the top of these stairs. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. My uncle will be very amused by all this when I tell him. Oh, it's not that either I nor Mr. Holscomb suspect anything, you know. No, no, certainly not, Charlie, my boy. Of course not. Yep, this is my uncle's room, as you no doubt know, Mr. Holscomb. Yes, of course it is. Search to your heart's content. Mm, room's in perfect order. If I murdered my uncle mysteriously, there ought to be at least one blood stain on the bedclothes or 
Or on the floor. Mind if I undo the bed to look at the sheets? Well, not at all, Inspector. Careful. You are clever. Clever, but be careful. The bed sheets are used, but there's certainly no sign of violence here. Well, naturally, Inspector. And the floors. Hmm, spotless. Your uncle must be a very neat man. Exceedingly neat. Isn't he, Mr. Holtzcombe? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm sorry we bothered you like this, sir. But you know it's better to be on the safe side. Well, I... I understand perfectly, Inspector. I'm sorry, Charles. Perfectly all right, Mr. Holscombe. I would have done the same thing in your shoes. Uh, won't you gentlemen join me in the parlor for a cup of tea before you leave? Well, now, we'd be too much trouble. No trouble at all, I guarantee you. No trouble at all. Here, I, I'd better close the door to Uncle's room before dust blows through from the hallway. You know my uncle's fetish. Well, I'll join you gentlemen in the parlor shortly after I fetch the tea. <laughs> a very amusing story. A very amusing story, Mr. Holtz. I always thought so, Inspector Gilbert. You collect stories of crime, don't you, Mr. Holtz? Yes, indeed. I found some prize ones in my day. Yes, I, I imagine you have. He'd enjoy your story, Charles. Yes, he'd enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, pass the sugar, Inspector, please. Huh? Oh, yes, here you are. Listen, Charles. What is it? Listen. Listen. What'd you say, Charles? Nothing. I have a very amusing story about a woman in India. I read it in the paper the other morning just as I was eating some very fine orange marmalade. Listen, listen. It's the heart, Charles. The old man's heart. The heart, the heart. You can hear it. No. No, it can't be. What can't be? He denies the truth of my story even before I tell it. Uh, what about the woman in India? Can it be? Can it be the beating of the old man's heart? Well, she murdered a rich uncle of hers. Getting louder and louder. Louder and louder. Why did she murder him? No known motive. They're playing with me. They're both watching me. Watching me. Watching you. Watching you. How did she murder him? Cut him in little pieces and hid him under the flooring in her bedroom. Under the flooring? Under the flooring. Making a mockery of a, a living horror. They know, Charles. They know. They know, Charles. They know. What's the matter, Charles? Well, you don't feel. Ill. Ill. Make it stop. Make it stop. They're playing with you. Playing with no. you. No. Watch him, Inspector. He's, he's... The fools. Don't play with me like this. You can hear it. I can see it in your faces. In your evil, grinning faces. You can hear it. The heart. The telltale heart. Return from death. Admit you can hear it. Becoming louder and louder. Louder and louder. 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 Stop it. Stop it. I admit the deed. I admit I murdered my uncle last night. Only for the love of God. Make his hideous heart stop beating. You murdered Yes. Yes, I murdered him. Tear up the plank underneath his chair. Rescue the body. But stop the beating of the telltale heart. Telltale heart. Telltale From the time-worn pages of the past, we have brought to you the story, The Telltale Heart. Dellkeeper!
from the time-worn pages of the past, we have heard another immortal tale in The Weird Circle. Bellkeeper, toll the bell. Be here in this lonely cave by the restless sea once again next time for another immortal tale in The Weird Circle. If the eye offends thee, pluck it out. You gotta love it. Now, our next series is the popular Lights Out. And the radio play featured is called The Flame. And it was first broadcasted on March 3rd, 1943. So, you know the drill. Sit back. Turn down the lights and listen to the flame. Lights out, everybody. Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you, these lights out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. You, out there, listen to me. I'm dead. No, don't twist your face in that foolish smirk. I tell you, I'm dead. You say the dead don't talk. Don't be a fool. They're all around you, but you won't listen to them. You hear me now. Listen. You a match? Yes, a match. Take it out. Strike it. Look at the flame. Beautiful flame, isn't it? Beautiful flame. Throw it away. Throw it away. I say horrible flame. It cost me my life. Please listen to me, you out there. I want to tell you just what happened. My name was Arnie Douglas. And I was a very happy man. A very happy man. Arnie? Yes, Sam? You know what I've been thinking about? Sitting here in front of the fire? No, Samuel, my friend. I haven't the slightest idea what you were thinking about, blonde or redhead. <laughs> no, honey, I'm serious. <laughs> I was thinking that you ought to be just about the happiest man in the world. <laughs> and what made you come to that brilliant deduction? Well, if happiness is based on satisfactions, you have the satisfaction of knowing you have a fine career, all the money you can use. Now, Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. You know, in spite of the fact that she's my sister, I think she's the loveliest girl in town. In the world, Sam. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the fire. It agrees with you. <laughs> or disagrees. Say, talking of fire reminds me. What? When are you going to grow up? Uh-oh, I think I know what's coming. I should think you would. I don't mind you risking your own neck, but think of Barbara. 
You look pretty funny coming to your own wedding dressed in a plaster cast. Yeah, what does Emily Post say about that? White tie with plaster cast or black tie? Now, let's get serious, Arnie. Chasing fire engines is a kid's trick. Well, fires have always fascinated me, Sam, always. So what? Fire fascinates most of us. But that doesn't mean we have to jeopardize our lives chasing them all the time. Yes, I suppose it does look foolish, fire chasing, but... Look here, Sam. Don't flames get you... What do you mean? Uh, look in the fireplace. Look at those flames curling around the log. Well? Orange and red, like small living things reaching out for life. Ah. Now look, Sam, that new flame that sprung up right there in the center of the log. Higher, higher. It sings with the joy of living. It's alive, Sam. It's alive. Oh, I... Stop it. What's the matter, Sam? Did, did I scare you? Oh, you were talking like a fool. Was I? When the world's full of fools... Other men have said that same thing that I said. What are you raving about now? I said the flame's alive. Others have said that. Whole generations of men. They worship the flame as a living thing. A godlike thing. Can you say that we're any wiser than they? Arnie Douglas, are you out of your mind? I'm talking facts. That flame there. How can you or I or anyone else say that it isn't alive? How do we know it isn't alive? Well, because it's a flame. A flame. Do you know the encyclopedia definition of life? It says life is a living thing moving about. It says it not only moves by itself, but it feeds by itself on other matter. So what? There, that flame. Isn't it moving about by itself? Isn't it feeding on that log? Yes, but a flame... Well, then I've proved my point. That flame there fills every requirement of a living thing. Listen, when a man chokes to death, why does he die? Because... Well, because his air supply is cut off. Exactly. That's just how you kill a flame, by stopping its air supply. Sam, I tell you, I've sat here for hours watching these flames in that fireplace. The more I think about it, the more I'm positive that a flame is a living, breathing entity. Yeah. The more I sit here, the more I realize that you're talking out of your head. Now, come on, get your hat and let's go out and buy a drink. No, no, wait, Sam. There's something I want to show you, a book I just got. Huh? Well, while you're getting it, do you mind if I throw another piece of wood on this living entity of yours? It's getting chilly in no, here. No, no, don't touch that fire. I want it just the way it is. Arnie, there's something wrong with you. No. No, I'm all right, Sam. Just because a man's curious about the ways of life, must you think there's something wrong with him? Look, Sam, look at this book. Well... What is it? It tells of a race of fire worshippers who lived in medieval times. Uh, people who believed that every flame held its own godlike being to be worshipped by us mortals. I still want that drink. Uh, in here is a prayer with which these fire worshippers called up the spirit of the flame. It's a beautiful prayer, Sam. Let me read it to you. Wait a minute, Arnie. They did what with that prayer? conjured up the spirit of the flame so that they could see it and kneel before it and worship it. You mean to say they'd recite some hocus-pocus and have something in the flame pop out at them? Yes. And if I knew just how to read this prayer to that fire in the fireplace, just what inflections to use, I would be able to see the spirit of the flame, Sam. If such a thing exists. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing you had if such a thing exists. By George, I'd have put in a hurry call for a straitjacket. Come on, honey. This is getting a little too morbid for me. Let's get out of here and go places. No, thanks, Sam. I, I'm not going out tonight. Okay. Go right ahead. Sit here and stew in your metaphysical juice. But don't let anyone who isn't a friend of yours hear all that nonsense about flame spirits and fire worshippers. By golly, you'll find yourself in front of a lunacy commission. Well, here's my hat. What's my hurry? 
night. Uh, uh, Arnie. Yeah? All this nonsense you were talking. You were just kidding me along, weren't you? After all, you're going to marry my sister, and I... Well, you know how it is. You, you didn't mean it, did you, Arnie? No. No, Sam, of course not. <laughs> good fella. Joke's a joke, huh? <laughs> well, good night, old boy. Oh, no, no, don't bother getting up. I know my way to the door by this time. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, Sam. Good night. Uh, Take care of fool. Beautiful flame. Book. I wonder where... Oh, yes. And I humbly give unto thee this sacrifice. Sacrifice. Barbara's ring. I had it here. Oh, yeah. And I humbly give unto thee this sacrifice, great almost, and I beseech thee to reveal to me the life within life, the life within fire, as I repeat the sacred word. Ador. What? Ador. Ador. Come in, Barbara. You've got to go away, please. You are ill. Stand aside, Arnie. No, no, Douglas. please. I'm don't. coming in and you can't stop No, no, Barbara, me. go away. Please go away. You can't be here. Arnie, what's the matter with you? What's going on here? Nothing. I'll explain it to you sometime. Just go. Go, dearest, Absolutely please. not. There's something wrong here, and I'm not leaving until you tell me what it is. Arnie, your hands. They're all right. Really, they are. Bandages. Burns. Just a few burns. They're all right. I... I'm so cold in this room, and you're ill. I'll light the fire. No, no. Not fire. As you love me, no fire. Oh, Arnie, Arnie, darling, what's happened to Barbara, you? Mama, listen to me. If you love me, you'll go away. You'll get out of here, and you'll never come back. What? You've got to listen to me. This that has happened to me is mine. My horror. Can't hurt you. I won't let it. What are you looking at? She cannot see me. Only you can see me. Arnie, the air is getting so warm in Barbara, here. Barbara, go away quickly. Too late. I touch her and she never looks upon you again. Arnie, that horrible odor of burning. Oh, I'm, I'm frightened, Arnie. <laughs> you see. What are you going to do? Her eyes. I'm jealous of her eyes. I shall have them. Arnie, who are you talking to? Huh? Who are you talking to? I'll bargain with you, love. Do as I ask, and I will let her live. Yes. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Anything. Get her out of here, or she dies. Barbara, come on. Oh, no, oh, Arnie, please. I won't go. Darling, you're please hurting go. my arm. No, no, you're don't struggle. You must go. I must go. He said, 
All right, Jim. It's, it's your move. Okay, Mac. I'll move when I'm good and ready. Well, what's the use of sitting there staring at the checkers? You've lost anywhere. Oh, yeah? Well, now, what do you say to this, you old foghorn? <sighs> oh, so you think you're smart, you? Well, now, watch this. Well, for the lover... <laughs> so you thought you'd beat me here. Well, you'll have to be in the department a longer time to do that, me bucko. How long have you been a farmer, Grogan? Gone on 20 years. Well, if this is all there is to it, it's sure a monotonous job. Why, we haven't had a run out of this station in two weeks. Now, don't talk like that, Jim. It's bad luck. Oh, what's bad luck about it? You think I joined the department to sit on my tail playing checkers and talking ball scores? I want to do oh, things. I... What? Shut up. It's a goal. It's a goal. Oh, 
Sam. He's not home. There's not a light in the house. Well, let's try anyway. Huh. Where's that blasted bell? Oh, it was out of order when I was here. I had to knock. Oh. Wait, Sam. What? The door. By George, it's open. Something is wrong in here. Oh, Sam, I'm frightened. Arnie! Arnie! Are you in there, Arnie? Oh, he is, Sam. I know he is. Why doesn't he answer? Arnie! It's Sam and Barbara. Arnie, are you home? He's sick, Sam. Let's go in quickly. No, no. You wait out here. No, no. I'm going with you. All right. It's so dark. I haven't even got a match. Oh, the light switch. I think it was somewhere along this wall. I got it. Wow. Is this room a mess? Oh, Sam, he must be sick. Arnie's always so neat. Quickly, the bedroom. All right, all right. Don't get so excited. But he might be dying. Don't talk nonsense. I'll bet he isn't even here. There. What'd I tell you? He isn't even home. Oh. What's the matter? Walls. Why is They're charred. Sam, there's been a fire in here. Oh, no. Well, that's impossible. Oh, Arnie, Arnie, where are you? What's happened to well, you? This is unbelievable. These, these walls were terribly burned. Come on, Bob. Where? We'll go to the police. Sam. What? The burnt walls. Maybe maybe the same people who are setting fires all over the city did something to Arnie. Say, maybe you're right. That's it. They started to set fire to this place, and Arnie caught them at it. And he tried to stop them, and... No, I didn't want to. I think I didn't. Arnie. Arnie. Where did you come from? No, what? no, 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 I didn't. I didn't want to. She made me. She did it. Arnie, what's happened? Good heavens, man. Where have you been? Your face, your clothes. Here. Here, sit down. No, there's no time, no time. She, she's following me, my promise. Arnie, what are you talking about? What's the matter, you? No, no, Sam, let me. Arnie, lift your face. What is it? Who's following you? Those children this morning screaming, trapped up there. No one to help them. What? That man, his wife, his children. He went back into that burning hell. He went back. He didn't have a chance. He went back. God of heaven, what have I done? What have I done? Father, the fires. Arnie's been watching them gone to his mind. Oh, my poor darling. I'll get a doctor. He needs it. She did it. She died. I died. I, they can't blame me. You, the dead kid. She kills you. Hardy in heaven's you. name, control yourself. I, I did it. You hear me, Bob? Right. What on I did it. All those fires, those people dying. I did Hardy it. Hardy in down. heaven's name, what are you saying? I did it, Sam. I did it. If not for me, she wouldn't have had life. She wouldn't have had power, but through me, through me, the fire's got life. Me. I did it, I. Look, these papers, plans, every building I burned, she made me do it every step of the way. Oh, no. Arnie. You believe, you believe. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? Both of you listen to me. There isn't much time. She'll be here. She'll keep... <clears throat> Arnie. Arnie, what is it? I'll do it. I'll do anything you say. I'll do it. Let them alone. Let them alone. Arnie, come back here. Sam, where's he going? Where's he running? I don't know. As if someone was chasing him. Sam, look. On the floor. What? Right where where Arnie was standing. Footprints. Burned right into the wood. Oh, Father in heaven. What is this? I tell you, Mr. Mayor, I'm telling the truth. Every word I've told you is the truth. idea, young man. The story's preposterous. How about it, Commissioner? Could any one man be responsible for all these fires? Absolutely not. A physical impossibility. But I tell you, he's confessed. 
Arnie's my friend. He wouldn't lie to me. I tell you, the man was driven to it by some horrible thing. What are you talking about? If I told you, you wouldn't believe me. But believe this much. As sure as we're all in this room, Arnie Douglas had something to do with those terrible fires. But you heard what the commissioner said. I don't care what the commissioner said. While you're just sitting here, more fires are being started. More lives are in danger. In the name of humanity, please listen to me and send out a general alarm to have the police pick up Arnie Douglas. I'll give you his description. I'll tell you just what he was wearing. You've got to catch him. You've got to suspected of being the pyromaniac responsible for the fire terror. Repeat, general alarm. Be on the lookout for a man by the name of Arnie Douglas, height 5 feet 10, weighed 175 pounds, light hair, blue eyes. When last seen was wearing gray suit, white shirt, no tie, no hat. This man suspected of being the pyromaniac. <laughs> they got on him. What are they doing to him? He's in the mayor's office, the fire chief, and about a dozen others. They're questioning him. They don't believe that he himself could have set all those fires. I want to see him. I want to talk to him. Oh, it's a horrible dream that never happened. Wait. The mayor wants to see him in his office right away. All right. Come on, dear. All right. Well, uh, come right in, folks. Mayor Halstead, where's Arnie? Where is he? What have you done with him? Now, young woman, sit right here. Everything's going to be all right. Mr. Mayor, what's happened? Where's Arnie Douglas? Safe and sound, locked up in the next room. What did he say? Why don't you tell us? Oh, he confessed setting the fires all right. Didn't he, Commissioner? Yeah, there's a signed confession. But if you ask me, he didn't mean a thing. Oh, a young fellow like that will never could or would set fire to as many places as burned down. I tell you, I don't believe he had a thing to do with it. It's somebody else. Somebody else. You can't hear them talking in the other room, Arnie, my love. But I can. <laughs> One of them is saying that he doesn't believe you did it, my love. But you did do it, didn't you? Mercy. Have mercy. Yes, my Confessions. You signed confessions. They'll want to lock you away behind iron bars. Oh, but they'll never do that, my love. I'm taking you with me to be part of me. Always. Come close to me, beloved. Close. No. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. Stay away! Look, look, under that door. Smoke, Mother in Heaven. There's something burning in there. That young fella, he's locked up in there. Let me in. Let me in. The key, quick. Here's the key. Good. Quickly, A little 
red flame. show for this evening I want to thank you all for listening and remember you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror 1970 or you can look me up on Instagram at radio show nerd or on Twitter at radio show nerd one or if you want to drop me a line just to say hello maybe a request hey even a critique please feel free to email me at radio show nerd at gmail.com and I do have a new YouTube channel Terror Radio Podcast please check it out and subscribe it would be highly appreciated again this is your host Keith better known as the Radio Show Nerd signing off